0: I'm Welcome to the TriCatch Podcast. We have the privilege and the honor of having Brent Ozar woo! on board, <laughs> and we also have Tim Morgan. We are co-hosting and talking with him because we have him in the building yeah. Yeah. at Farm Credit Services America, <laughs> and it's like, woo, we are totally geeking out over it.
1: Well, I just came out for Omaha for the winter, you know, because why uh, would you not? <laughs> yes. It's
0: freezing.
1: Yeah. It looks great outside right now.
0: It uh, does It doesn't. <laughs> But since we have him here for a workshop, I was like, we can't pass up the chance to have you in a podcast recording and share and have a conversation about your experiences. And what we wanted to talk about in this episode was something that I know you're passionate about and have things to share is building your career plan.
1: Yeah. When I get started as a developer, like back in the late 1990s, everyone always asked you, where do you expect to see yourself in three years? You know, And there's no real easy way to answer that question. Especially when you're in a developer phase, you're constantly looking six months down the road trying to figure out what framework am I supposed to be using? And it's framework du jour. I got out of development because I suck at learning languages. Like I'm
0: really, <laughs> really
1: bad at learning languages. And I looked around and I'm like, what's the what's the thing with a language that hasn't changed in decades, but seems to make a lot of money? You know, like I wanted financial stability. I didn't want to work El Cheapo. And, you know, there's always the problem in development of, am I going to get outsourced? Are things going to go cheaper? Or is there someone who's going to race to the bottom with me? Um, so I ended up going into databases, but the whole thing was just kind of an accident, you know, going into a, somewhere where the language doesn't change and the, the money's kind of good. And over time, especially working with a lot of developers, I've learned the way that you want to be successful longer term is not to try to make a three-year, five-year plan because it's just too hard. Things are going to change too much. But how do you identify good steps in your career versus missteps? Because you only have so many hours a week in which you're going to do things. How can you do things that are going to set you up for the most success three years down the road, five years down the road, and so forth?
0: Yeah. I know. I think that's a a question we often get asked. is like, where do you Mm -hmm. see yourself in five years or three years? And you're like, right now I can only think about what I can do today, how I can grow today, how to Mm -hmm. get to that next step. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to Mm -hmm. see far away. But then- how do you see those good steps
1: plus when you have imposter syndrome you know you're constantly thinking uh. <laughs> i suck at this to begin with you know why would anyone continue to employ me today let alone you know 3 months or 6 months from now for me a lot of it comes down to i don't know where i originally heard this line it's certainly not my own but there's this the saying the key to success is do two things do good things and tell people And you have to do both of them. You can't just be good at whatever you do and not tell anybody. You can't just tell people you're amazing and then not actually deliver on anything. You have to both do good things and tell people. So for me, when I got started, I was blogging in the late 1990s, early 2000s, and I didn't know why I was doing it. It was just like it felt good to me at the time to share whatever I was working on. And I look back at those ancient blog posts and I'm like, oh my God, I, one of my older blog posts was about how you build a turtle filter using pantyhose and gravel. You know, I'm like, here's how I have to go to CVS to go buy pantyhose and it's really awkward, but you know, you build good turtle things. with And I'm like, that's, I was sharing my knowledge at the time. And you do this for long enough for over several years. And you start to realize that sharing your knowledge means that other people are going to find you in Google. They're going to refer to your work and they, they're they going to benefit from whatever you share. And that's a good step that will set you up for success in a longer term. The more that people can find you in Google, the more this just opens doors for you. And it may not matter today, but it's going to matter for you five years from now, 10 years from now, when you want to open more doors and you're going up against candidates who when you Google for them,
0: nothing shows up
1: you know there's just no there's no questions there's no answers there's no no nothing but if if future people google you and go wow oh this person's been talking about entity framework this ter- person's been talking about node and they didn't have to be an expert 5 years or 10 years ago but they were working on something and they were sharing it and if someone's doing good things and telling people they're going to make a great coworker they're going to make a great mentor maybe five years or 10 years from now, you end up wanting to be a consultant. Maybe you want to be a project manager, whatever it is. If you're starting to leave a breadcrumb trail where people can find you, they will find you. And that's where the the real magic is.
0: That's something I'm not good at. You see that, but you're doing a podcast. Right. (laughs) But in in my mind, it's to serve other people, but it's not about sharing, Hey, I did this, putting myself out there. I'm more on the getting things done like yes. and making a difference, not about sharing how I make a difference myself. You know, what's
1: funny though, I, I wrote a blog post about this saying there are two ways to become internet famous, quote unquote. If you want to be recognizable amongst our community, the people who do development, or whatever. it's not like we get good tables at restaurants, but you know, just recognizable amongst our own community. One way is that you can write about whatever it is that you're doing. The other thing is that you can ask other people what they're doing and help them share the story. I would not have written a blog post tonight. You know, like I wouldn't have written down or recorded a YouTube video or a podcast. There, if it wasn't for you being here, asking questions and planning out, this is what we're going to do. This never would have happened. It would have been lost to the sands of time. You know, so the, the work of your what we are doing and asking these questions or whatever, it is a huge help. You know, it is leaving these breadcrumb trails out there. And it, it will make you internet famous, quote unquote, so much faster because you're going to be associated with all these people opening doors with these kinds of people.
0: Brent has, like, a great reputation. I'll let Tim speak of it. I mean, (laughs) that's
2: really true. I I knew who Brent Ozar was (laughs) years ago. And I feel like I've known his name probably as long as I've been working with SQL Server. Mm -hmm. Because you Mm -hmm. use Google to solve so many problems in in development. Mm -hmm. And I found the same thing is true about, you know, I, I haven't put the time and effort into, like, getting my name out there, but I've always been pretty active in like the local user groups. And even just that, making yourself known to other people in the community, that opened doors for me. I'm at Farm Credit because I was active in the user group in another town. And then when it came time to make a move, I knew people I could talk to and people who could provide referrals because they actually knew who I was. And that goes a long way.
1: When they see you at a user group meeting on a regular basis, when they see you at a sequel Saturday, they're like, oh, this person's in our industry. You know, they're friendly. They're here because they want to help and they want to learn. And that is just instant credibility over someone that you've never seen before. You know, no recognition. I have no idea who that person off the street is. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. But this other person over here, I've seen them at the user group every month for you know a year. They're in it for a longer term. Yeah, that's true.
0: I think there's power in sharing that knowledge.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's money. I mean, realistically, really long term (laughs) there, if you get found via Google. So the way that I ended up into consulting was I kept, you know, blogging. i had discipline to three times a week. I'm going to publish a blog post. Eventually enough of them, most of them are going to suck, but eventually some of them are going to be found via people in search. And I always tried to end presentations as if you need help with this, email me. And it wasn't a, I'm going to do consulting for you. I'm not going to solve the problem for you for pay. Just if you need help with this, email me. And eventually, hired enough people who were saying, oh, also, we need this at the company. Will you come do this for me? So I gradually segued into doing weekend consulting and then gradually ran out of weekend time and started having businesses saying it has to be during the week. So I would go to my company and say, is there a way that I can take vacation time and do this consulting? It's in a non-competitive industry. I'm not going to share any secrets, whatever. And I had an understanding boss, so I was able to do it and eventually did it enough that I burned up all my vacation time. I had no vacation time left. And then I had to go to the boss and say, well, now I want unpaid. Can I take unpaid time off? And they're like, well, okay, as long as your work's getting done, I guess. And then as it more of it just kept coming up, there came a point where I said, all right, I, I can't take off any more time. And then you start raising your rates and you start saying, okay, if there was a point where I went, it's going to be $5,000 a day. It's going to be $5,000 a day and the, you need me for three days and I'm going to need a travel day. So it's going to be 20 grand. And they're like, when can you be here? I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm done with this job. You know, at this point I need to go segue off and doing consulting because it seems like ridiculous money when you're a full-time employee. You're like, no way can someone make, you know, $5,000 a day doing something now, And this is like five, six years ago, but these doors will open up if enough people can find you, if enough people can Google you and they recognize your name and trust you from seeing you online. They know this person's a real deal. They genuinely believe in sharing knowledge, the things that they seem to do on the website work or in the podcast or the presentation, whatever they've already solved me from, save me from pain several times. It's time for us to bring this person in permanently. I see that over and over again, and it really does work. Even if you're only in it for altruistic reasons. Now you know, sharing your knowledge. If you lay down that breadcrumb trail, people will find you and it ends up paying off.
0: So what does success look like for you then?
1: For me, I really love the book Getting Things Done. So there's a book Getting Things Done by David Allen, and he talks about looking at your life from like a 50,000-foot altitude perspective. He's like, okay, you're on a journey. Where are you going? How are you going to get there? And I'm like, oh, you know what success kind of looks like for me is being able to spend as much time with my loved ones as possible. Like it, it isn't about a particular financial goal or retirement. Cause I know so many people who work towards a retirement and then die. My grandpa was a great example, had a heart attack within a year of retiring. And he would planned all these things that he was going to do during retirement. And I had another grandfather who retired at 45 and spent like 40 active years, you know, going off and doing all kinds of things. I'm like, okay, I want to be able to spend as much active time with my family as I can while I can still move around while I still have legs and I'm healthy and all that. So the correlation of that is I want to work as little as possible. I I don't want to work as, there's a great song by Franz Ferdinand, Jacqueline says it's always better on holiday. That's why we only work when we need the money. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of that. We sing that around the house. I would like to work as little as possible. So for that, for me, success is working as few days as possible during the year and spending as much time with my loved ones as I can. In order to do that, that keeps me razor-sharp focused on what can I do that brings the most value to people as quickly as possible. If I show up, I want to make a big difference. I don't want to walk out and have people go, well, eh, that was okay. You know, I want people to go walk out and go, dang, you know, okay, wow, that really makes a difference. And it helps you focus on a day-to-day basis. If I'm going to learn something, and this is so important for whether you're a developer, systems administrator, DBA, whatever, if you're going to learn something, are you going to learn something that people are going to say when you're done with it? Dang, that made an amazing difference. Or are they just going to go, eh, okay. You know, he saved us 30 seconds on a process that, you know, takes six hours. Eh, okay you know, better organized files and files. Well, okay. You try to find something that will really make an amazing difference in the company. And when I was a developer, before I figured out that I was going to do consulting and all that, when I was a developer, I like to go to the managers or my manager's managers and go, what would make you step back and go, dang, whoa, we never thought we could accomplish that but now we can. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to figure out whatever it is between me and that problem. And I will solve that problem. Even if it's not in a sprint, it's not in my, you know, objectives, my raise, whatever. I'm going to make my manager and my manager's manager go, dang, I did. I had no idea we could ever accomplish that. And to me, that's where the value is. And if I can get paid more for doing that, then I can work less days.
0: That's awesome. So that's your story about how you identify the good steps. Yes. Yeah. Go focus on
1: that. Look for where the value is, where people get excited, especially the people with money. The people with money (laughs) are the ones you really need to (laughs) infer.
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I think Mm. I need to work on some things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. Mm. And another thing I'd say is too, whenever you're going to go give back, whenever you're going to give back to the community and you're with blog, share your knowledge, whatever, It's important to think about ways that you can reach as many people as possible wherever they are. This is going to sound terrible. I don't like answering questions one at a time in a forum somewhere where no one's ever going to find the results because I'm helping one person and it's just not going to get that far. If I can answer a question that's going to solve a lot of people's problems, whether I put it on a blog or a podcast or a presentation or Stack Overflow or whatever it is, I want to find problems that are going to help as many people as possible. When you're working for free, you want to help as many people as possible. When you're working for pay, you want people to say, dang, that's amazing. So those are for me the two things to think about. When I'm dedicating time into something, I either need to help a lot of people or I need to help somebody who's really going to be jaw-dropped.
0: How do you identify... What those things are, Like, what are the
1: impactful things? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use an example from stack overflow. Cause I, I just love stack overflow and dba.stackexchange.com. Look for questions with a high number of views. So you can sort, if you go into stack overflow, you can sort questions by views. And if you go to data.stackexchange.com, you can actually query the database and you can query organized questions by views, by descending, by the count of answers, descending, So you can find questions with a high amount of views and no answers or so that's if you want to go answer something that's going to make a big difference for a lot of people or you can just sort by views descending even when they do have answers and you can go write blog posts or presentations about that because these are questions that a lot of people are coming across and they need help with accomplishing it. I know I felt when I was blogging or presenting, I'm always like, oh, everything's been done. You know, everybody's been written about every blog post is covered. How am I going to bring anything to life? But When you go and find the number of people who are searching for these kinds of questions, if you can bring life to it inside your own way, you can help a lot of people very quickly. So I'm a data guy. So I love Stack Overflow for that reason that I can sort by views. Well, it's really hard to do that, you know, out in real life, but in real life, when I'm dealing with managers, I'll just go ask them and say, what's a really expensive, hard problem that you haven't been able to solve. And let me figure out if I can do that.
0: That's cool. I like how you think about the user, the end goal, the impact.
1: Yeah. That should
0: drive our decisions more. And that all then ties back to what does success look like for you? Yes. That enables you to have that.
1: I used to be a sysadmin and I would measure these metrics, like say CPU percent or disk percent, and I'd work really hard and do firmware upgrades and all kinds of things, trying to make a metric a little smaller. And then eventually I realized no server has ever given me a raise. No server has given me a day off. No server has given me comp time or a bonus, but people do. So the things that mattered to me a lot as a sysadmin aren't necessarily the things that matter to the users. I want to go find the users and figure out what would make them happy and excited. And with a manager, what are ways that you wish you could make more money? And you could, not you as a person, but the company. Like, what are ways that we wish we could make more money? And we can't figure out how to solve that problem. Um, and it, a lot of times, data and development is the way that you make that happen.
0: There's a lot of power uh-huh. in data. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is.
1: Yes. Yeah. And value and money and terror. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Risk and security problems.
0: And, yes, yes, yes. So, Tim, as a database developer, any questions that you have for Brent?
2: I guess I'm actually interested, maybe less from the database developer perspective, but you've talked about what success looked like for you. Mm-hmm. And I you know it's pretty arguable that you've achieved a certain amount of that. Thanks, but thanks. And from, from where you're at right now, mm-hmm. what are things you're still working towards? What are things you're still trying to do to, to make sure that you're still kind of on track for making sure that you feel successful in the future?
1: Oh, this is such a good question. So I use the Epic Life Quest. So this is something by Steve Cam, who originally did nerdfitness.com. So an Epic Life Quest is you make a list of tasks that you want to go accomplish, uh, and they should be big deals, things that you're going to get excited, dang, you know, kinds of things, Uh, really big deals. Uh, So for example, my wife has always wanted to go to an overwater bungalow in like Bora Bora or the Maldives or whatever. So that's one of the things on our Epic Life Quest task list. Every six months, I go back through and look at that task list and go, okay, what am I working on accomplishing? And if I'm not making progress towards one of those goals, then I'm probably not going down the right track. And most of the stuff on there now isn't about me because I'm very happy. I'm doing work that I love. I'm not working that hard get to come to lovely places like omaha in the winter who couldn't love (laughs) omaha in the winter but so it helps me refocus on what are things that i could do for my family my loved ones people in the community whatever that'll make a big difference and that i'll remember i don't want to win a nobel prize you know i don't want a building named after me there are just things that experiences that i would love to have in my life while i still can so that's that's been big going through places that I want to go experiences that I want to have ways that I want to give back stuff like that. Okay. And I publish the whole thing, the whole thing's public on. So my personal blog is at ozar.me. So if you go to ozar.me and click on Epic life quest up at the top, you can see the tasks that I've accomplished lately and the tasks that I'm working on in the next six months. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. it's it's weird. It's It feels really weird to share that stuff because I used to think this is incredibly vain. Like who is going to want to sit there with popcorn and read the <laughs> tasks that I, Brent got on a sailboat? Good for him. But I've heard from a lot of readers who've said, this has motivated me to build my own task list. And I get really excited when other people in the SQL Server community build their own blog posts talking about their epic life quest and how mine motivated them to do the same thing take stock of their lives and start checking things off that list. Cause if you don't make some kind of list, you can go through years and just drifting through doing mm-hmm. things and not really making progress. And next thing you know, you're, you know, 60 years old, looking back on, "Well, oh, man, I wish I would have done blank. Yeah. What a great uplifting way to end the podcast. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Be old and bitter. And, yes.
0: <laughs> you
2: know,
1: go out now while you can do fun things, work less. Yes, yes.
0: Well, this is awesome. Great, great perspective and input on your thoughts on building a career plan um, and your experiences show how that's worked for you. Thanks, Amber. Um So like I would say to the audience, what is your blank? Uh, Do you have any last words?
1: By all means, go out and talk to the people that you love and find out what is on their epic life quest. Like, What are the things that really they've maybe not been able to achieve and are important to them? Go find that and start thinking about that, how you can work together as a family and achieve the things that you've always wanted to do. There's a friend of mine, Lori Edwards, out of Arizona, who has a wonderful line, and I come back to it all the time. The people you really work for are waiting for you at home. Those of you who are single, it's okay. You know, It's your Xbox or whatever it is. Uh, but the, the, the people that you love are waiting for you, your family, your loved ones, your partners, whatever. Don't lose focus on that, even though your job might be a lot of fun. I truly adore what I do. And I've often joked around with my wife, like the instant that she dies, I'm going to go get a motor home. Heaven forbid she dies before me. I'm going to go get a motor home and I'm just going to travel around to sequel Saturdays. And every weekend I'm going to be out <laughs> speaking somewhere else. I could work 80 hours a week, but you just got to never lose focus of your loved ones back at home. And what you want to go, experiences you want to have with them while you're able and they're still able to. That's the old guy with the gray hair talking. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll wrap this up. And thank you all for listening. Thank you, Brent. Thanks. My pleasure. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks.